Jessica. Is this the right one? Can you hear me? Does that work? So, continuing our metta practice this morning, we start with where loving kindness is flowing easily. This best supports our practice. If that's metta for self or any easy person, a benefactor or a good friend, just begin with the wish for well-being for yourself or that easy person. Slow and simple wishes for safety and happiness, health and ease. And when you feel well stabilized, we are going to today add a neutral person. Someone that you maybe see regularly but don't really have a relationship with. Maybe it's somebody in this room. I usually pick the cashiers at the grocery stores near my house. Or maybe a service person that you regularly interact with. Pick a neutral person and after a while make them the recipient of your well wishes. It's pretty simple.
if we find that our stability is wavering or decreasing sending metta to a neutral person, we can always come back to our primary focus of ourselves or someone who is easy and sustains the continuity. Let Chitta tell you the best way to practice for yourselves in the moment.
Thank you so much for your practice. So before I open it up to questions, I did get a few notes last night that I'd just like to respond to. We're going to post a um, list of phrases, suggested phrases for each of the Brahma Viharas on the, on the board, just for people to take a look at. So that'll be available for everybody on the board sometime, probably in the early afternoon. And then um, the Four Noble Truths, the Four Ennobling Truths, which is the framework for holding the floods, are the truth of the, the noble truth of suffering or dukkha. And that's, you know, interpreted a lot of different ways. I think mainly, actually there's three types of dukkha, but that's a whole nother Dharma talk. <laughs> but just that it's hard to get any lasting satisfaction from anything in the conditioned world because it's always changing. There's not that much satisfaction there. And that um, noble truth is to be known. You know, each of the noble truths has a verb associated with it. I love that. And the first noble truth is to be known. So if you're knowing suffering or dissatisfaction, congratulate yourself. That's an insight. That means your practice is going well. If you're seeing dukkha, that's excellent. That's good practice. Yeah. The second is the cause of dukkha, and that is um, just clinging. Clinging to things that we think are going to make us happy. And these are deeply conditioned patterns, you know. Things that are happening that we're not even seeing. That's the cause of suffering. The third noble truth is that peace and liberation is absolutely possible. And you might even be feeling you know, um, some of the seven factors of awakening which are heading in that direction while you're here. And just knowing the peace of that. And then the fourth noble truth is that uh, to know the path towards liberation. And that's the Eightfold Path. Sila Samadhi Panya. Ethical conduct, mental heart cultivation, and wisdom the Four Noble Truths. And the verbs are to know dukkha, to release clinging, to realize liberation, and to practice the path. So any questions? Here's one. Rather than asking us, you can ask Chitta, right? <laughs> what is needed now? Good morning. Good morning. Um, in practicing uh, the neutral person today, would you encourage us to uh, pick just one actual person and be with that person all day long? Or can we change it around? 
I would say that um, go with either one of those, but really check in and um, feel which one which one of those two things allows you to stay most stable. It could be that it switching it around maybe produces more interest or something, right? So in that case, you would switch it around. But if having one person is the easiest way for you to stay connected, I would say to do that. Does that make sense? I think that's the instructions pretty much for, you know, all things like that is really do your own little experiment about what's my level of connection and um, stability when I do it this way or when I do it that way? Almost like a randomized control trial. No. <laughs> Just a little collecting data on ourselves. Yeah. A subjective experiment. Good question. Thank you. Yeah, over here. When we send metta to someone else, is the objective to actually produce benefits in them or to awaken something within ourselves or some combination thereof? It's really for this mind-body process. It's definitely to um, just strengthen, you know, those paramis and... Um, in order to be a more um, benevolent force in the world. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could walk around and we would be an incredibly safe person to be with? Just the idea of that makes me happy. Yeah, so it really is about transforming our own mind-body process. But that being said, I have heard that some people do say that it has had an impact on the person that you send it to. But that, I think you know, is less documented. It's really about this transformation. And it feels so good, doesn't it? Well, in a funny way, it almost feels a bit disingenuous if, if I'm sending it to someone else to somehow benefit myself. <laughs> yeah, but when you're transforming yourself, mm-hmm. I mean, yourself is pretty much a delusion, so... <laughs> you know, a sweet delusion that we all have and share. And you're, you know, the impact of it is for everyone on the planet, you know. I mean, we can totally rest in that. It's just to bring a stronger force of benevolence to the world. And don't we so need that now? Oh, my gosh. So it's not disingenuous, in my view, at all. In fact, it's very profound. And I don't want to, you know, um, say that we don't ever exist, because the Buddha never taught that. People would ask him, do we exist or do we not exist? And he would say, the truth of it is other than that. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> I mean, we pretty much absolutely exist as a flow, right? 
So if there's no more questions, there is uh, one kind of an announcement. And that is just to to remind us that, um, you know, the way that I feel, think about it is that we are in ceremony together. And we are, you know, the spaces of the ceremony are, you know, in all the hall, in uh, in this meditation hall, in the uh, places that we're sleeping. I feel like it's all the way down to the gate, really. You know, definitely the... um, the uh, dining hall and in our yogi jobs as well and what we want to do is just bring as much respect and mindfulness and metta to those spaces as possible and to increase their I know this is a strange word to use but I'm going to use it sanctity there's a sanctity you can feel it it's an energetic field and um, so uh, and, you know, doing a lot of writing, for example, or doing something that is not within the framework of what we're practicing. It's important, I think, to maybe take a few notes on an insight or an epiphany that we might have. But you, if you do want to do writing or need to do writing, and some people do need to do writing as a form of learning. Some people, to retain stuff, need to write. But you should do that outside of view of people outside of the view of any of the yogis, you know, you can do that in your room. It's, you know, it's... If you need to do that, that would be the place to do it. But in here, just to take a few notes is fine. But just remember that, you know, I like to think of it, what would you do in a sweat lodge or what would you do in a Sundance camp or something? That's my reference. But you all might have different references. What would you do in a you know, a mass or some other ceremony that you participate in. We're just creating that energetic field here. It helps keep us alert and it helps, helps, you know, remind us that we need to be present for what's happening. It's really a gift to all of us and part of keeping the precepts, really. So I guess we probably have a few minutes before the... um, before we're doing interviews, so check the board. Oh, there's a question? It's just a logistical question. My interview time is in the middle of a sitting period. So what's the most respectful way to track that time? Is it to sit outside the hall or bring a silent path into the hall to my final interview? I'm not sure. So the question is... um, that the interview time is during a sitting period in the hall and what's the most respectful way to deal with it? That's a great question. I would say it's such, so beautiful outside. Maybe sit outside or um, sit in another place and um, yeah, send metta to the devas. They love that. But uh, I would say that. I don't know, do you guys feel, that? Is that how you would feel about it? Yeah, to sit outside. Okay then. May you all may you all be safe, happy and easeful.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.